0: Hey, this is episode twenty-three of the Happen to Your Career Podcast starting now.
1: Hey, uh, Mark. I wonder <laughs> I wonder oh. <laughs> if maybe I should do that, seeing as how we're interviewing you on the podcast. Sure. Does it seem a little weird to have the guest introduce <laughs> introduce the
0: not if the guest is the co-host and director of Happenings, probably.
1: Well, you know, then we'll make an exception
0: for that. Did you like my beatboxing then?
1: I, I did like your beatboxing. That was pretty sweet. <laughs> Can you See, do you that should, again?
0: You should use it just for that. <laughs> <laughs> There's our intro, right? That should be our intro. Uh, that, okay. so 23. <laughs> hey, uh, Mark. Hey, Mark. I really think you should <laughs> be doing the intro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Never do beatboxing again, Mark. <laughs> This is Happened to Your Career, the show that is all about helping you move to work you love. We want you to do work that fits your unique and signature strengths. We will bring you inspiration, tools, and roadmaps to help you in your journey. I'm Scott Anthony Barlow. Okay, so this is kind of a special episode today. And why, you ask? Because I've got well, Mark. Why, Scott? Well, you weren't supposed to ask yet. This is me talking you to the told audience. You me why. This is this is not me talking to you yet. You we said can why you. We ask. can converse later. Oh. Okay. Carry on. All right. <laughs> I can't get through that without thinking of you singing "Carry On Wayward."
0: Yeah. That was good. That was good. <laughs> well, there will be peace when you are done. There will so. be peace when I'm done.
1: Yeah. So anyhow, this is, this really is a special episode. This really is, it's going to be a good one because we got Mark Sievercrop right here with us. And why is that special, you ask? Well, I would ask that too, because Mark, you're normally here, but this time we're doing like an actual full-fledged interview with you,
0: right? Right. But you didn't send me all the the prepare to be my guest stuff that you send everybody else. So I don't know what's up with that.
1: I didn't send you all of the prepare to be your guest stuff because well, you already know the stuff. Be and our it,
0: guest, be our guest, put our service to the oh sorry. <laughs> Mark on.
1: Sievercrop on Disney Songs. <laughs> right here. You heard it. I here sang first. that when
0: I was a child. If we could find a video we can make that some sort of bonus for anybody, <laughs>
1: we've made enough other stuff bonus for stuff lately. So <laughs> I I suppose I should do your bio, right? Sure. Okay. Go ahead. You can tell this is entirely formal. Right. So Mr. Sievercrop, going for the formal there. Oh, boy. Mr. Sievercrop is an entrepreneur, a blogger, a trainer, a consultant, a husband, and a father. Father's a bonus one. Absolutely. He's got a love of learning and sharing what he learns with others. He's happiest when he's teaching, consulting, or connecting people. And I know this to be true firsthand. But Mark, I think you also have an ability to take large concepts and bring them down to ground level, analyze them, and put together a plan of action and progress to move forward. And I would also say that you specialize in analyzing the situation and asking some of the right questions to help others, and myself included, you know, come to come to conclusions that make businesses and careers better. And you know, as, as I think most people know, your role here on the team is director of happenings. Uh, you know, you you help us uh, generate content. You help advise us on business. You help you know, marketing, promotion, mission, and business development. Uh, a lot of our strategic planning. You do a whole bunch of other stuff along with that too. But I know that you're committed to helping people move and transition to work that they love and work that matters to them. And also, I know that you do a little bit of podcasting here on the side. Uh, yeah. with both the 24 podcast and obviously here at H2IC, right?
0: Right. So Agreed.
1: Wh- here's the formal welcome to the show. Welcome to the show.
0: I also, I also um, do general maintenance around the place as well. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, sweep, sweeping floors and such.
1: <laughs> That's true, just, but so do I.
0: That wasn't, on, that wasn't on the bio, so I thought it was important to m- mention that so jack is, of all trades as it were
1: uh, apparently this uh, neither <laughs> of us are going to be able to do
0: this interview with a straight
1: face but i you know wanted to do this you know i suggested a while back that hey right. you've uh, you've got this book that you spend a ton of time on and as i read through it the first time i'm like wow this is you know i, I don't know if it was originally the concept was originally intended to be um, so helpful to people in careers and transitioning careers. But that was my first thought when I read through it the first time that, wow, this is, this is like a blueprint and pattern. And obviously we're really into helping people create their own roadmaps, for career transition with just a drastic different spin. it's like, well, why I know we've got the, uh, you know, you've got the book and all, but why are we not sharing this on the podcast? So we shared a little bit last week and primarily benefits of projects, but wanted to go into it even deeper and, you know, and really help people understand how they can leverage projects and what they can do for their, you know, for their career and how they can apply it to that. So, you know, that's that's my kind of intro and in, and in my uh, my request here. But at the at the same time, what would you what would you add to um, jump backwards a little bit and and help people get to know you that I didn't you know take already in that uh, that five minute bio?
0: Well, I, uh, I it's kind of funny because I feel like everybody probably knows me fairly well. I, I like taking long walks on the beach, running horses. No, you uh, don't. Writing poetry. No, you don't. Hey, actually, I did when I was in high school. I wrote quite a bit of poetry, and I did grow up on a farm, so I did ride horses. So take it back. Okay. Um, no, I, I, I think that's a, a pretty good bio. But um, really, if I was to define what I really like to do and, and what I really try to spend my time doing, it it really is um, looking either at individuals' um, lives and careers or businesses, and you know, picking them apart and uh, deciding and figuring out ways that. Um, we can help both move forward. Um, that's it's it's funny. I do it kind of for fun. A lot of times, I'll just sit and look at look at a business and and say, what would I do if I was you know if I was the manager or the CEO of that business? How would I how would I um you know make it better or make it grow? And and so that's really the mindset I have is trying to um, find ways to add value for people and to help them to get to where they want to be. And that's really kind of I guess the reason that I wrote this book. And um, you know, you're exactly right. That's one of the main benefits of it is is being able to use it in your career and in career transition and uh utilize these principles. And I have to say, as we've been even after I wrote this book, I've learned from other people what this book is about, which seems weird. But um, you know, I was we you know, Scott, you and I were talking to um uh, some friends of ours about a, uh some webinars and and an event we might be doing And we started talking about one of the guys had not read my book yet. And he starts mentioning the principles in the book. And to me, it just like, I was like, wow, you know, these, these are, like I say, principles that everybody uses. All successful people use these principles. And really all I've done is organize them into a format that allows them to be implemented consciously by everyone. So that's what I like doing is just, you know, doing that, you know, like you said, I can I can break things down and, and make them easy to understand, right? I think I can. I try to.
1: I, I would absolutely agree with that. And, you know, let's jump back for just a second because, you know, I, I know you personally and we're we're going to, in a second, in a minute here, dive into some of those pieces of the book and, and how people can actually do that, you know, those step-by-step, uh, you know, ways to leverage projects. But I want to understand first where this devotion to value comes from? Because, you know, I've heard you talk about that many, many times and I've realized that I, I don't know where this is driven from. You know, you talk about adding value to people's lives and I see you do that. I see you practice what you preach, you know, on a daily basis, hourly basis, minute basis sometimes. But, you know, where does where does that actually come from for you?
0: Good question. Um, I, I don't know that I can pinpoint exactly where it came from. Um, I know um, it's been several years since I decided that that really what I would love to do is to be a a coach or a trainer or a consultant something like that that's always what I've kind of wanted to do and I think that comes from um, just really liking you know like I said one I, I like to try to figure figure things out and understand why businesses are the way they are or you know why an individual's life is the way it is and I think that was the start of it and then I got into a few jobs that I absolutely hated And kind of got frustrated with the fact that I had just kind of fallen into uh, where I was at and that that was not working out very well at all. And so then I started analyzing my own life and saying, okay, why, why am I here? What am I, what have I done that has got me to this point? Um, You know, what are the circumstances that led to me being here and started analyzing that. And so over and over again, I've, I've just analyzed things and looked at, you know, and asked the questions of why am I here? How did I get here and, and how can I get out of it? Um, And asking the same questions for businesses. And in the process of doing that, I also uh, began following some blogs, um, interacting with people. And it seems like the people that I followed, uh, Chris Lecurto, being one of the main ones in the beginning. And he has a big, uh, his big focus is um, basically adding value. And, And I think that really resonated with me in understanding where people were at that you know chris's big thing is he says uh, it's your job as a leader to help your team be successful which is basically saying you know, it's your job to add value to your team's life and to what they're doing in their job and so i think a combination of all of those things really led me to realizing that the best way to benefit yourself is to make sure that you're adding value to other people um you know zig zigler famously said, you can have an, have anything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. And I wholeheartedly agree with that and believe that. So I think that's where it came from. I think it was a kind of a, a hodgepodge of things. It wasn't just a, you know, a parting of the clouds and a ray of sunshine. <laughs> you will add
1: value, Mark Seavercroft. That's,
0: that's right. Yeah. That, that did not happen when I was, you know, transitioning from the jobs I hated to what I'm doing now. <laughs>
1: So you know, talk to us about that progression. Then you know, to, and maybe even in relation to to projects and when when that started. You know, you you've done a number of jobs over the years, and like you said, some some that you hated, and then um, some that uh, uh, you know, were trivial, and some that you you enjoyed. So you know, tell us a little bit about that progression. How has you know, how has that happened, and you know, when did this when did this set of projects actually start?
0: So, I would, you said some that I enjoyed and some that I hated. I would venture to say that I don't feel that way now, but in the moment, I've had several jobs that I did not like at all. <laughs> I mean, to the point that it's like, okay, I could take any other job to get away from this one, and I would be happy. <laughs> Which, you know, you and I have talked about on the podcast does not work. Um, And I'm evidence of that. But so I was in positions that I really, really wasn't happy. And, um, you know, even up till about 18 months ago, I was fairly miserable in what I was doing. And there's several of, of my friends that could attest to that and would, you know, tell you without any reservation that, you know, I spent a lot of time complaining. And I'm not, as a matter of fact, I think Chris Licurdo mentioned that on His interview, or maybe I mentioned anyways, we talked about how I whined and complained, and he told me not to. Um, but in the process of doing that, as I was, um, you know, kind of going from one job to another, you know, as um, I guess opportunity presented itself, not really with a plan, I was very fortunate to come across the book that I didn't even know existed. I was in a bookstore one day and and came across um, the power of starting something stupid. Um, with our friend yours and mine mm-hmm. richie Norton who's been on the podcast and just the title of it intrigued me and so i picked it up ended up buying it you know my wife and i always have these um, kind of joking arguments that i spend too much money on books and <laughs> and so that was one of the ones that i had i had bought and and never really thought much of it didn't think of it as this like life-changing moment but you know, I sat down. I read the book in like three days, and and it really was. It was it was life changing. You know, it, it's now my absolute number one favorite book ever. You know, it it surpassed uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which had been my favorite book for several years. Um, And the reason was is that the mind shift and the the thought process that Richie talks about in that book changed the way I looked at things, and that's really where the my book came from was. That change in how things look, and and um, after reading that book was when I reached out to you. We had a mutual friend, um, and he had mentioned you to me, and I reached out to you. And I think the the email went something to the extent of, hey, you know, I'd like to have lunch with you, and uh, it seems like you're doing some of the same things I'm doing, and perhaps there's some projects we can work on. And I think that's really the first time I, I ever acted consciously on the idea of a project. And as they say, the rest is history. So
1: the rest is history. So that's kind of, it's interesting, you know, every time I, I do this, regardless of who the guest is and you know, how well I know or don't know them, I always end up learning something new. So I'm, I'm getting a different take on, on, on your story. And I, I think it's, I think there's a lot of value in there for other people. One, because you've made such a progression and, you know, I, I didn't know you eighteen months ago when you were in that place and when you were, you know, not uh, not enjoying life, not enjoying work, and certainly not enjoying the things that came along with it. Uh, but you know, seeing seeing even the transition as you've really latched onto onto some of these things that you do love and get to start spending your day doing, you know, doing coaching and training and teaching and in a variety of different ways, you know, online and offline and. It's uh, it's interesting to see the transition that uh, that a person can make. So uh, I feel fortunate to be able to witness at least the last portion of that, you know, firsthand. So,
0: well, thank you. I uh, you know as you mentioned that I, there's one point that I want to make about projects and and people. You know, we've mentioned it in your career or whatever, but you know, you can use projects in any aspect of your life. And and as you were saying that, I realized that my life is kind of evidence of the fact that that principle of a rising tide raises all ships. Um, you know, as I started, you know, working with you and, and, and whatnot, you know, I've progressed even since then. And it's, it's affected all aspects of my life, you know? And and so that's one of the beautiful things about projects is as you're successful in, in one aspect, whatever project you're working on, it, it really does affect all of your life and it really will change, um, you know, everything about your life. And I, I think it's because so many of us get in this rut where we don't like what we're doing and we're miserable in it that we don't experience success in any aspect of our life. And as you start to experience success in one aspect, it makes it much easier to find success in all aspects of your life. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. And I I couldn't agree more and that's that's something you and I have talked a little bit about, you know, offline in the past. But um Okay. So, you know, going along those lines, you know, as, as you started to experience success and you started to do so through projects, you know, how did, how did that work? How did, how are projects integrated into this change? So we've, you know, we've talked about that, that transition and it's been about, um, your site in about 18 months or so. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, how did that actually work? At what point did, did some of these projects start, whether you recognized it or not? And, you know, what did, what did you actually do? to be able to get there.
0: So many in the audience will be familiar with several of the projects that I've done because, you know, there've been things that you and I have done um, in connection with HTYC. One that they might not be as familiar with is that very first one we did. And, you know, I, I, it's funny. I remember, I remember the, the restaurant we met at for lunch. And I remember thinking at the end of the conversation that, holy crap, this, this guy, guy is so much farther along in, you know, doing this training and consulting thing than I am. And I almost felt like you you left the that first uh, meeting saying basically, well, we'll see if there's something we can do together, but I don't know <laughs> if I really, not really sure that I want to work with you. You really don't have much to offer. And, I, and it was funny because as I left that, I felt like, I felt that way I think because I didn't see the value that I was adding to you. I didn't see how it was going to be adding value. And that comes back to that adding value thing. Um, But from that, we met again and chatted again and shot some emails back and forth. And we ended up um, doing a, a seminar, just a a little quick, what, probably an hour job search seminar. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, embarrassingly enough, I guess we had like four people there and I hope those four people were benefited thereby. But it was not what we had hoped. Is that fair to say? It was yes, less than desirable output. But I also,
1: <laughs> I also remember. Yeah, you know, I I remember those exact same things. But I also remember that you, you know,
0: remember thinking that there was nothing that I could add.
1: <laughs> you saying? No, actually, I felt very much the opposite. I um, distinctly
0: remember thinking that I don't know if I ever want to talk to this
1: man again. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, not a, not oh, at all, okay. not in the slightest. <laughs> but it, but for that seminar, I I I also remember thinking, and also remember even the discussion that you know whether whether forty people show up to this thing or whether three people show up to this thing, you know, we're gonna uh, take some of John Acuff's advice uh, and you know play to the size of your heart, not to the size of your. Um, not to the size of your audience. And right. I don't know that we talked about it in John Acuff's terms, but I remember, you know, sitting in Starbucks talking about, you know, regardless of who shows up to this thing, we're going to, we're, we were determined to get something out of it. Right. And, I, you know, that's, that's where I'd turn over the question to you. You know, so this was, this was a project, but by, I think outward, outward standards looking in, I would say it looks, looks like a failure. So um you know, with this whole project thing, what did you actually get out of that?
0: So one of the, one of the benefits of doing a project is the fact that these things that do feel like they're failures really aren't failures at all. Because, you know, look at it from this aspect. You're right. Yeah. We didn't have hardly anybody there. And quite frankly, probably not very many lives were changed because of it. Um, you know, I don't know how many people downloaded the, the additional resources we put on the website afterwards and and that type of thing. But you know, we, we sat down and we decided between now and let's see, this was like April, I think. And we said between then and I think June 1st, we were going to do some sort of seminar and we decided that we were going to, um, we asked ourselves, you know, what does success look like? What, what, what will we have accomplished? And we said, you know, we'll have this seminar. We'll, uh, get some ideas of what works, what doesn't work. And then we said, you know, basically at the end of it, we'll sit down and we'll say, okay, do we ever want to do this again? Ever, ever, ever. And so while it seems like a failure, we did have that seminar. Um, we did not have as many people as we had hoped. Um, but we were able, I think, I feel like I, I learned a lot about that process that I didn't know before. Um, you know, and, and we went, we, you know, we worked through to June 1st and we you know, completed it. And so one of the benefits of a project is that turns that experience into a success rather than a failure, because we completed it. We did what we said we were going to do, um, and we were able to analyze what we wanted to do from there on. You know and and I found out about halfway through, Scott, that that I really enjoyed uh, working with you um, and was excited about some of the things that you said you had going on. And one of my concerns actually was, you know, well, what if Scott decides at the end of this? Yeah, um, well, good luck to you. And <laughs> adios. You know, walks out of the out of the Starbucks and leaves me sitting there like you know the puppy that's just been left at the door of the pound or something. Oh, uh, <laughs> whimpering and all, really. Um, you know, but we were successful, and and I look back on that and realize that you know I had talked for years about wanting to do seminars, years, and had never done a dang thing about it. And this mentality of it's a project, we're going to do it for 60 days and we'll see what happens after that had totally got me moving in a way that I had not done before. I had, I had acted on my dreams in a way that I hadn't done before. And even if it was a complete and utter failure and nobody showed up and even if I never did anything like it again, which I'm confident that won't be the last one I do now, um, you know, it, it would have been successful because I had acted on my dreams more in that 60 days than I had in the last, you know, eight years. And so that's the benefit. And, and I think that's really, um, you know, how that first project affected me. You know, I, I'd be curious to, to see how you felt. I don't know if we've ever talked about it in that sense, but um, what your thoughts were as is, is we did that as well.
1: Well, Mark, this is, I mean, this interview is is really about you. But the one thing that I would add to it, you know, seriously, i the one, the couple of things I guess that I would add to it really quickly are that one, look what it's turned into. I mean, the very next week, uh, the very next week, I think I don't think you're involved in facilitating it, but you're involved in some of the planning of it. Um, did a did a seminar? Maybe it's two weeks later. You know, with like thirty or forty people there, right? Uh, you know, at the uh, at the local community college and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. And then you know, now at this point, um, we're I don't know if it's okay to talk about it or not, but I guess I'm going too blindly anyways. You know what you mentioned earlier? Now right. we're tentatively, uh, I shouldn't say tentatively, we're preemptively uh, planning an event, you know, likely for September with uh, Jared Easley and Jody Mayberry and, you know, looking at doing something on a on a more grander scale. And I don't think any of that would have happened without that first first project, quite frankly.
0: Right. I completely agree with you. You know, it's and that's that's one of the things that I've learned as as I do these projects is every single one builds on the another on the one before it. And you know, it's taking that first step and as as much as it might seem like a quote unquote failure, um, you can't look at it that way. You can't look at it as a failure because you know, you finish something, which adds to your self-esteem. But beyond that, you get to a point where, Everything looks different at the end of it, and you're able to reevaluate. You know what you like doing. You reevaluate re- what you can do, and then you move on from there. And you know, we've done exactly that, where we've moved. You know, project to project to project to project to where, you know, in a very short period of time, you know, I I can confidently say, you know, you and I have had quite a bit of success, and um, you know, I'm doing things that I had never imagined a year ago that I would be doing. Um, you know, it's it hasn't even been a year since you and I met, and I mean. You know, I would say very much so because of that first project we did. You know, we, uh, you know, we're on new and noteworthy in iTunes. Um, You know, I I consider myself a podcaster now, which I never would in a million years thought I would have done that. Um, I've talked to several people that I never ever thought I would ever talk to, Uh, people I respected and people that um, you know have, have made an impact in my life. And all of that came from that first project. If I hadn't done the first one, I wouldn't have done the second one. And if I hadn't done the second, I wouldn't have done the third. And, you know, if I hadn't done any of those, you know, I, I don't think I'd call myself a podcaster today or an author. And quite frankly, I, I can call myself both. And that's pretty neat, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So then, you know, we just we just talked about your ability to break it down and make things into steps. And, you know, you do that really, really well in, in the book. But what are some of those first few steps people can take to get started? Um, you know, what for somebody else who's in that place, you know, whether whether it's in at a transition point where they're trying to move to work that they enjoy or work that uh, that matters to them and fits them, um, you know, whether it be. In whatever capacity, or even people who are in that place where you were 18 months ago, where you were just not enjoying life at all, you know, what are some of the very simple things that they can do to get started with projects and make those happen?
0: So the first thing, um, obviously you need to do is, is to decide what project you want to do. in. And, and in the book, I go through several questions and, and I want to share those here as well, that you can ask yourself. Um, to decide what kind of projects you can do. And, and the principle is, you know, we talked, we've talked about a little bit of the things that projects can do for you, and, and one of them is your career. And one of the things that I found is I caught myself over and over again saying, I want to do X, Y, Z, but I can't because I don't have the experience and nobody will hire me. Um, you know, and then this, you know, the flip side of that, the, the other side of the coin for that is the fact that, you know, I need the job to get the experience, or, or so I thought. And so one of the things, the first thing you need to do to get started is to start asking yourself some questions. And and really, I would say in a lot of ways, reconnecting with, you know, the five-year-old version of you. Um, And what I mean by that is when we were five, none of us wanted to get a job that, you know, we didn't really like and barely paid the bills and um, we absolutely hated, (laughs) you know. As good as that sounds. Yeah. You know, my daughter does not come up to me and say, dad, you know, I want a job that I make you know twenty five thousand a year. Uh, the bill collectors are calling me all the time, and I come home miserable every day. None of us want to be there, and so we want to reconnect with that person we were when we were five, when we when we felt we could do anything. You know that time when everybody wants to be a firefighter or a baseball player or a football player or the president of the United States. So you ask yourself some questions that reconnect with that. Um, you know questions like you know what am I passionate about? What do I like to do? Um, You know, what, what do I, um, what have I always wanted to do that I'm not doing now? You know, we, we all have goals and dreams, even if we have kind of suppressed them, we'll have things we want to do. And, um, another question you can ask is, you know, what skills or or experience do I want to acquire? You know, what do I want to be able to say on my resume or what skill do I need to be able to get that next promotion? As you ask yourself those types of questions, and and I go into a lot more depth in the book, but Asking those types of questions will give you ideas of things that you can do to start a project or things that could be a project. And then it's a matter of narrowing it down and it's just asking yourself, you know, what am I most excited about? Out of all of these ideas, what am I most excited about? You know, and it could be a skill. It could be some sort of experience you want to have. Um, but it could be, you know, some goal that you've always had. You know, like with me where it was a, uh, I've always wanted to do seminars and training. So my goal at that point was, um, I, you know, I want to be a, a trainer or a consultant and then the next step after you've done that is, is you need to um, define what that looks like. You know, as you and I began, you know, like I said, we, we asked ourselves, what does success look like? What are we going to accomplish? And so you need to have a very specific objective in mind. Um, you know, specificity breeds results. The, the more specific you can be, the more likely you are to be successful. And so you have to define what that looks like. And then you need to create a plan. And I know, Scott, this is groundbreaking stuff. Nobody's ever, ever heard of, you know, plans and goals and, you know, (laughs) having the end in mind and all of these things, groundbreaking stuff here. But, um, you know, it's important. And I think sometimes the key is with your dreams and your goals and the things that you really want to accomplish, they get so big that you forget to do all those things or you never get to that that in the first place. And so you need to, I need to be reminded, I know I need to be reminded to do those types of things to sit down and say, okay, let's break it down into something small that I can accomplish. And as people are getting prepared to do a project or or wanting to do a project, I think that's an important thing to remember is that you need to break it down and you need to make it small and manageable so that you don't get so overwhelmed that you give up and go on to something else. And that's where that short term time frame comes into play. You know, we can do anything for 60 days. I mean, I could do stuff that I absolutely hate for 60 days if I knew it could end in 60 days. And so you set that time frame knowing that I'm going to stick with it for 60 days or 30 days or 10 days or five days, you know, whatever. And as you do that, you know, you can go that far and then you can reevaluate from there. So those are the first steps I would take is, is defining what you want to do, and then defining what the objective is going to be, what you want to accomplish with that, and then um, after that, beginning to create your plan. Do you want me to keep going, or well, some, uh, some good. First let me steps? throw
1: in a, just a couple of thoughts here, really quick, or things that you're making me think of. You know, as as you were talking, as thinking, you know, you're saying, you're joking, saying, "Hey, this isn't groundbreaking stuff." You know, plans right. and projects and blah 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 blah. You right. know, it's, but I think that the way that it's applied um and then the way that you lay it out i think is really really helpful i think the beauty is in the simplicity because i think i've always uh, until you brought it up until you you know pointed it out a number of months ago um i've always underestimated the value of looking at things as a project and you know i'm thinking back to even something that isn't work related like i you know last christmas built my uh, my boys a a bunk bed, right? Mm-hmm. Did that over 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 the Christmas break, and you know that's that's something that I'd never done before. I'd you know I built other stuff and built other furniture and blah blah blah, but never never built a bunk bed before. So this was this was a project. I didn't really know if I was going to like it. I didn't mm-hmm. really know if it's something I wanted to continue. Maybe I want to start a bunk bed factory or something, right? You know, uh, but in doing that. You know I got a set of experience that, in a very short period of time and I, you know no matter how it turned out, um wasn't going to look at it as a as a failure and didn't have all of those um preconceived reasons why I didn't start in the first place because I was calling out a project. I'm gonna build this one bunk bed it's I've got you know five days to do it, and you know that's that's gonna be the end of it, right mm-hmm. And you know now if as I look back on that and again, this is not career related and this is not like mind changing when you're talking about a bunk bed, but I look back on that and now know that I can, you know, build some beds and stuff. And, you know, my wife wants me to build us a bed, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, now I've got that set of experience there to be able to decide whether or not to continue on with it. And, you know, um, and, you know, keep going or, you know, turn it aside and say, no, no way. I'm not building right. another bed or whatever the case might be. And I just wouldn't have had that if I hadn't looked at this as this first simple little project. And I think the same thing can be completely applied to, to careers and people underestimate that.
0: Right. Well, and I think that's the power of it is it can be used in all aspects of your life. You know, I think that's one of the, the really neat things about this book is that, You know, maybe you're okay with where you're at in your career, but maybe you have um, something else in your personal life that you really want to focus on. And, you know, it might be something that you could even try in your personal life and see if it works and then move on and use it as to develop a skill or an experience or or any of those types of things. Um, You know, I was just thinking along the same lines of what you said that one of the biggest testimonies to me of the importance and I guess the value of this book actually came to me a week ago. I was talking to a friend about they were wanting to, um, you know, lose some weight and um, start a program. And one of the things they said was, well, I I just I'm scared I'm going to fail. I don't know. I don't know if I can stick with it. And as I'm talking to them, I realized that, wow, this is exactly, you know, the process that I talk about in my book. And I basically told them, look, you know, just decide that you're going to do it for 10 days. Don't think about because a lot of people, it's like, well, you know, they fail, I think with those types of things because they think they have to do it for the next 20 years because everybody says, well, if you don't, you know, if you don't keep dieting or you don't keep exercising or whatever, you'll be back right where you started. And that is the mentality and the mindset that completely paralyzes us. And we never do anything ever because we don't want to feel like a failure. We don't want to feel like we didn't make it. So I, I told this friend, I said, you do it for 10 days, shoot, do it for six days. I mean, set that timeframe, you can do it for six days. And if you don't think you can do it for six days, set a project to do it for three days. You know, and that's all you have to do. And then at the end of the three days, you can say, you know what? I did what I said I was going to do. And then I can reevaluate whether I want to do it for another three days or if I want to do it for another week or whatever it is. And that's the mentality that allows you to quit putting off your dreams and start, you know, taking steps towards them no matter how small those steps are. And it's, it's absolutely freeing. I know I found that, that that mentality and that mind shift completely frees you and allows you to do things that you never thought you would do, um just like I did you know and, and you did when we did that that first seminar yeah,
1: yeah, so let's let's take that example, you know, say somebody's in that place where they understand what they want to do okay. you know how how do they get started on that plan what's the what's the best one or two pieces of advice before we wrap up here? that can get them started on developing
0: that plan to do so for that particular project? So one of the things that, that we all know about goal setting and planning is that if you don't write it down, it doesn't happen. And so as we're talking about this plan, you, you know what you're gonna do, um, whether it's um, you know, developing a skill, whether it's um, starting a weight loss plan, whether it's you know, building bunk be- a bunk bed, whatever that project is, once you know what you wanna do, you have to write down that plan, and and as part of the book, we, you know, put in it a calendar, and it's it's not a typical calendar because it doesn't have you know you know January February March. They're just boxes, and you write in one through sixty or one through thirty or one through fifteen, however long your project's going to be. You write in those numbers in those boxes, and then day one is day one, and you just start. Going through the process. And the way I would do it is I would say, okay, what do I want to accomplish? Um, you know, if it's a weight loss, you know, I want to lose 20 pounds. And so at day 60 or day 30, whatever it is, you write down, you know, um, have lost 20 pounds or or whatever it is, and then you backtrack from there and you say, Okay, well, you know, what are the milestones I need to hit between now and then? You know, what, what are the things that will show me that I'm on the right track? And so you start thinking through and you say, okay, well, if if I get halfway through, you know, I I should have lost, um, you know, 10 pounds. Or if I get halfway through um, this project of developing this skill or having this experience, I should have done this. Um, For example, when I was writing this book, you know, one of the milestones I used was, you know, by by this point, I need to have the rough draft written. Um, And, you know, by this point, we need to have it um, designed and we talked about doing some videos and mm-hmm. you know, there was a date that we set that we needed to have those videos done by. And so you set those milestones and those milestones basically help you understand that you're on the right track. So you use this, you use this calendar and you can use a regular calendar. You don't need to use mine. I mean, you know, shoot, grab a calendar from Walmart or the one that you have in your house and, you know, mark out 60 days and, and do it on that one. That's fine. But the key is you have to write it down you have to be aware of where you're going, because if you don't, it's easy to get lost and it's easy to get, um, discouraged. And that's one of the reasons, you know, like I kind of mentioned before is you set these short time frames, 60 days or less, because pretty much from the beginning, you know, you can see the end and, you know, you can keep going if you can see the end, you know, in a race, it's not, it's not as hard to keep going if you can see the finish line. And that's the whole idea of doing the short term, um, time frame is that you know where you're going you can see it so you need to set that you need to have that um, plan set in place the other thing that I think is really important that um, I think is evidence in the projects you and I have done Scott is is the importance of having uh, for lack of a better term an accountability partner Um, somebody that's going to encourage you and keep you going I think one of the reasons that you and I have had the success we've had is we're not doing it alone Um, you know you know, I I have things that, you know, I've said that I'm going to do that, you know, I to be completely honest with you, I probably wouldn't have done if I didn't know that you were going to be waiting for it the next morning. It would have been really easy to just say, well, I'll go to bed and I'll do it tomorrow. But I knew, you know, that Scott was going to be waiting for um, show notes for a podcast episode or I knew that um, he was going to be waiting for, you know, a, a first draft of of my book. And so I stayed up late and I did it, or I didn't watch TV and did it because I knew that somebody was waiting for it and would be expecting it to be done. And that's a key part of, of any project you do is having that person that you can trust. That's going to hold you accountable and make sure that you do it. And it's not like a, you know, it's not like a drill sergeant, you know, (laughs) I don't think that's the kind of accountability person you want, but you want somebody that you respect enough that you don't want to let them down. And, you know I would say that's one of the key things and and quite frankly as I'm looking back at the book now I don't know that I touched on that enough I don't know that that I talked about the importance of that enough and I I don't think I can underscore enough how important it is to have other people that are around you to keep you accountable to yourself put it in version 2 okay we'll
1: do it Mark, this is uh, this has been awesome. Actually, this has been a ton of fun because uh, we don't really get to do this type of format. I mean, it's usually with right. with other people, and you know, this is this is pretty cool. So,
0: thank hey, you for taking the time. You're next when your book comes out. I, We're interviewing you. I'm next. Yeah. <laughs> is that a threat? It sounds that's like right. It. <laughs> take,
1: take it however you want. <laughs> so okay, so let's let's do our our standard wrap up then and say, Mark, let's let's pretend that people want to connect with you. Okay. And and I they do because I was gonna say,
0: why <laughs> do you say ten? <laughs> Let's just say, I was, really want to.
1: I was going to say, cause they, most people that are listening to this show already know how they can connect with you. Right. <laughs> Not because right. they don't want to, but you know, for everybody or maybe some new listeners to the show or people who have been referred over here specifically because of the book or whatever, whatever reason, you know, how, how can people find you? And obviously you've been working on the book, but what else is going on? You know, uh, what's exciting you right now?
0: So the best way to connect with me uh, is actually Carrier Pigeon. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people know that, but no. Um, you know, I'm on Twitter. I, I tweet a lot, um, at skrop2, skropp2, 2s S-K-R-O-P-P, too. You know, I, I can be found fairly easily on the HTYC website. I think my picture's on there a few times and whatnot. Um, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to to chat with people on there. Um, shoot me an email, mark at happentoyourcareer.com. Um, I also blog on my own blog a couple times a week. That's sievercrop.com. And um, it, you probably won't be able to spell it, but that's okay. It'll be in the show notes. So head to the show notes for this. But um, I blog there. I um, Shoot, I feel like I have 5 million things I'm doing right now, which is fun and tiring at the same time. Um, what am I most excited about? Well right now, completely honest with you, I'm super excited about this book and I'm not saying that just because I'm trying to plug it. Um I'm saying it because I've always thought it would be cool to write a book and now I've actually done it. <laughs> and that that's an amazing thing to me. You know, you Scott, you sent me the the link yesterday to uh, the page on Amazon and it just got up and that was um, you know, <laughs> I walked around work and showed like five people. I'm like to check <laughs> check this out. This is so cool. You know, and, and I felt like I was, I don't know, I felt like a little kid that, you know, was just, I felt like my daughter when she draws a picture and, and, uh, you know, to everybody else it might not look like much, but to her it's, you know, I mean, it's the Mona Lisa for all she knows, you know, but she's so proud of it. And, And that's the way I felt as I was walking around on my phone, you know, having Amazon up showing everybody, you know, this, this book cover that really means nothing to them. And, um, you know, my name there and, and, uh, Showing it to them, I I felt like it was the coolest thing in the world, and so really that's that's really what I'm excited about now, um, for several different reasons. Uh, reason one being that I know it's going to add value to people's lives, and I know it's going to help them. Um, and the reason I know that is because it's completely changed my life. This idea of of doing projects, but you know, two, it is it, a goal and a dream that I had had um, that I'd always always wanted to. And by always, I don't mean it, you know I didn't think I was going to be an author when I was a kid, but I've always liked writing, and and for quite a few years now, I'm like, God, it'd be cool to write a book. I don't know what I would write about, but it'd be cool to write a book. And, you know, now I have, <laughs> And you know, you and I, Scott, were joking before we started recording that 10 years from now, I'll probably look back and be like, that book sucks <laughs> because I'll grow and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll change and, and I'll think of things differently. And, and I'll, I'll change the way that I talk about them and, and all those things, you know, the principles are sound, they'll still be good, but you know, just the way I put it together and the way I wrote things will change. But, you know, it's it's cool. And so that's what I'm excited about. That's really really the thing that I'm excited about and I'd love to, to hear what people think of it and, and um you know, their critiques and um, you know, be kind or be honest. I prefer honesty. So if it's not good, you know, please tell me as well. But um, you know, I'd love to hear what people think about it. I'd love to hear um, what they liked and what they didn't like, you know, what they what they'd like to hear more of, um, what wasn't clear, what I wasn't clear about in the book and, and how I can improve it and, and help more people. So
1: well, and you know, I I think that, and I didn't realize just how much this this was the case until now. But the fact that you've written the book, it's on Amazon. It's you know, it's uh, it's going. It's a project that uh, that is just about finished with. Um, you know, that's that's a testament to the stuff that's in the book actually mm-hmm. working. Even though not all that's you know not all that story is in the book obviously that occurred after it was written but right. um i didn't i didn't quite realize just how much that was true until until you know you're sitting here talking about uh, walking around and showing people at work and so on and so forth but that's that's pretty cool so thank you for thank you for doing this and uh, yeah yeah i mean obviously there's a there's a a vested interest into coming on your own podcast <laughs> of course of course <laughs> but yeah you know this is this has been fun i appreciate it mark Thanks, Scott. Are you going to do the recap for your <laughs> own interview? <laughs> know. The issue.
0: You know, Scott, the four things that I got to you had with Mark were, Mark's a great guy. I, I mean, he's just one of... I mean, you know, there's like Churchill, uh, Mother Teresa, and then Mark. That, right right up there. Right, right that third one. No, I... Just, <laughs> <laughs> that would actually no be i, I don't believe i'll be doing the uh recap i think you could do it if you like to <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe we'll go ahead and skip the recap. let's have somebody else do the recap Ooh. let's find
0: somebody on Ooh. the street and
1: hey this is scott i just want to jump in here and let you guys know that right now as of today you can go and get mark's new book project success on amazon.com and what's really cool a little bit behind the scenes we just uh, just checked it out and it jumped to the bestseller list on amazon for career guides and it is number three as of this moment which is just awesome so go check it out download it Uh, from now until the ninth it is 40 percent off at 5.99 thanks This episode's produced by HTYC Media.
0: We're live. Bu, bu, bu. Felt like I was watching UFC for a second. I <laughs> know. Uh, Welcome to UFC. I don't even know what they say for UFC. 145. We are live. Is Anyways. that what they say? Yeah, that's what Bruce Buffer says. Hmm. That guy makes that a ton is. of money with his voice. He's the announcer dude. That I think he's the same one that used to do the let's get ready to rumble thing. Let's get ready to rumble. You know, what I mean? like that guy makes a ridiculous amount of money with his voice. I mean, for just like announcing something for 30 seconds. Ridiculous amount of money, I would imagine.
1: Two or three bucks an hour. Oh, yeah, at least. Four, you think four?
0: (laughs) Well, we're getting crazy, but I think (laughs) it could be possible. All right. All right, rock and roll. Rock and roll.